Good morning and welcome to Laurel Heights today. Hebrews 9 verse 15. I'll read that verse in just a moment. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 15. So we welcome you to Laurel Heights and I want to explain that this year in 12 sermons delivered once a month, I'm preaching a series that I call what a difference it can make in your life when you just use the Bible. I realize, and you are aware, there are many different sources of religious information and appeal not based on the Bible. All kinds of misinformation about relationship with God. One of our core purposes here at Laurel Heights is to get the message out that God has spoken through His written Word. If we can persuade people to just read the Bible, and if we will do that ourselves, what a difference it will make. I'm working on that theme this year in these sermons, and so far... I've delivered sermons on who God is, who Christ is, who the Holy Spirit is, and then last month, the Old Testament. All of these sermons are available on our website, and this one will be available before the end of the day today. So the next step is to talk about the New Testament. And in Hebrews 9 and verse 15, it says that Jesus Christ is the mediator of a new covenant or new testament. Listen carefully. The Old Testament was that body of law God gave to govern the Jewish nation before Christ. In the book of Hebrews, the argument is made more than once that the Old Testament became obsolete. For instance, Hebrews 8.13, you can make a note of that. And that Jesus is the mediator of a new law, the New Testament. What a difference it can make when we understand what Jesus has given for us. Authentic information about relationship with God. Jesus gave His life, then He gave His will to govern us with heaven as our destination. So this morning I want to talk to you about the New Testament. And here's the approach I like to use. One way to view the New Testament is the divine response to these critical questions. The New Testament is the divine response to these critical questions. Who is Jesus? What must I do to be saved? And what must I do to stay saved? I want us to observe this morning how clearly the New Testament addresses these three critical questions. Who is Jesus? 
What must I do to be saved by Him? And what must I do to stay in that good condition with God through Jesus Christ? Number one, who is Jesus? Where do you suppose we'd look for that? The first four books. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is where the New Testament begins. Introducing us to Jesus Christ. Who He is, what He did, how He died. His death, burial, and resurrection. Who Jesus is. That's how the New Testament begins. Matthew begins with the genealogy of Christ. And that was necessary because in the Old Testament, <clears throat> God identified a singular lineage. It was a frequent announcement that the Savior would come through Abraham and David, that lineage. Would you look please at Matthew 1 verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. After this, Matthew cites specific prophecy written in the Old Testament, and he says, Jesus Christ fulfilled those prophecies. <clears throat> so Matthew is telling us who Jesus is. Mark. Mark writes a very active narrative telling us what Jesus did, starting with this statement, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Luke, <clears throat> the historian, writes about the birth of John the Baptist, the birth of Jesus Christ, what he did, what he said, how people interacted with him, and how he suffered and died. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John is focused on evidence, the signs and miracles of Jesus, giving reasons to believe Him, giving reasons to believe what is written in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So this is where the New Testament begins. And if you're not a Christian, this is where you need to begin. Who is Jesus Christ? God sent him to do what? To teach what? And to die for us. How do we need to respond to him? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first section of the New Testament, conveys to us very clearly in a well-organized fashion who Jesus is, what he said and did, how he died and was raised from the dead. I want to give you some sample passages from this first section in the Old Testament. The New Testament. The New Testament. Matthew 16, 16. Where Jesus raised the question with his disciples, Who do people say I am? And Peter answered, You are the Christ the Son of the living God. Mark chapter 4, after Jesus calmed the storm, it was said of him, Who then is this? 
that even the wind and the sea obey him. Mark 4.41 In Luke 2.52, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And now in the Gospel of John, I'm turning over to the Gospel of John in chapter 20. Verses 30 and 31. Remember, John is focused on evidence that what Matthew, Mark, and Luke said <clears throat> is the truth. Here's what John says. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. <clears throat> but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Who is Jesus Christ? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The first section of the New Testament conveys to us the truth about who Jesus is, what He said, what He did, how people interacted with him, how he died and was raised from the dead. Now, once you become acquainted with who Jesus is, what he said, how he died and was raised from the dead, the next question is, what must I do to be saved? Guess where the answer is? It's in the book of Acts. Luke begins with the ascension of Christ back into heaven. Jesus told the apostles to wait in Jerusalem, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and that would equip them to spread the gospel and to provide for us this document. The apostles did what Jesus said. They waited in Jerusalem. The promise Jesus gave them was fulfilled about the Holy Spirit and the gospel was preached. And we have Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2. The sermon was about who Jesus is and what he did. And Peter taught, you need to know this. You need to know this because you're guilty of sin and Jesus is the only way to be saved. Here's how Peter concluded that sermon. I'm in Acts chapter 2 at verse 36. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him, him, the one referred to in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, and for your children, and for all who are far off, 
everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. People who responded to Peter's commands were saved and added to the church. Now, don't stop with Acts chapter 2. Just keep reading over and over. Luke tells us in the book of Acts about people responding to the gospel. And in each example, in each account, the response was the same. And we call these cases of conversion. And they provide from God instruction about how to become a Christian. So, who is Jesus? What did He teach? What did He do? What's He all about? The answers are found in the first four books. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that leads to the question, what must I do to be saved? Read the book of Acts and discover what the instructed response from God is. When people heard the gospel, confessing their belief in Christ, they repented and were baptized. Having the forgiveness of their sins, they became a part of the Lord's church. Now what do you do? What do you do now? Do you just relax? Or is there some follow-through that is necessary? Do you just go back to the life you were living before you were baptized? No. The next question is, what must I do to stay saved? That is, to keep myself in that right relationship with God through Christ. What are Christians to do individually in their families, in relationship to other people, in relation to the world, in relation to other Christians? What do we do now? What must I do to stay saved? Just keep reading. After Acts, there is Romans and the other epistles. Do you see? If you will read the New Testament in sequence, it is simple, and one part naturally transitions to the next part. So in the epistles, Romans, Corinthians, Ephesians, and the others, Christians are being addressed as regards to their duty. So, warnings are given. Prohibitions are issued but also positive instruction. The joy of hope is communicated based on right attitudes with God that we are to maintain, and spiritual growth, and the disciplines of discernment, and character development, and relational duties. I want to give you two examples. I want to give you two examples of the kind of instruction you will find in the epistles about what to do after you become a Christian. 
Can you open, please, to Romans chapter 12? And that's going to be followed up by Colossians chapter 3. Romans chapter 12. In the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans, Paul explains the gospel all over again. And he responds to a number of arguments or inquiries about the gospel of Christ. Then at chapter 12, he transitions into the practical. What do I do after I've obeyed the gospel? And he said this, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Go now to verse 9 and we'll continue. Romans 12, 9, Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. You see what's happening? God is telling Christians how to behave, how to live. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> Baptism can be pictured and is pictured in Romans 6 as being buried with Christ and then raised with Christ into a new relationship with God. That's what baptism is. Buried with Christ in water, immersed into Him and raised with Christ. Now, if you've been raised with Christ, what do you do next? Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory." Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Do you see what the epistles are all about? 
how Christians are to live. If you were baptized many years ago, you can't just relax on that initial obedience. Paul said in Philippians 3, press on. Peter said, make every effort. John said, walk in the light. The epistles are loaded with rich, practical instruction from God. All of us need it to continue to be Christians and to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. What a difference it can make in your life when you just follow the Bible. And the sequence of the New Testament is well suited to our learning and to learning that we impart to others that we seek to teach the gospel to. Who is Jesus Christ? Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, what do I do about that? What do I do to be saved? Read the book of Acts. What must I do to continue to be faithful to the Lord after baptism? Read the epistles. And go back and read the entire New Testament over and over again. And pick up that Old Testament background that we talked about last month. What a difference it can make in your life when you just use the Bible. And here's how simple this is. God is above all. He is sovereign. The Bible is God's Word. Christ is the Son of God. Sin is our problem, but we can be redeemed by the blood. What response must we offer to God through Christ to have that redemption? Hearing the gospel, believing in Christ, turning away from your sin and repentance, confessing your faith, being baptized, and then you get those epistles in your head and in your life to live faithfully before God. I remind you that Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. Let's be standing as we sing.